Hey, Jay. How are you? I'm very well. How about you? Under uh, the circumstances, I'm I'm sitting in my in my pajamas in my apartment. There, that's that's been my diary for the last six weeks. I would say that's about me too. I I tend to get up, I put my sweats on, I make my coffee, I sit down in front of my computer, and I take a shower around four thirty in the afternoon. <laughs> Part my night of television. Somehow you have my schedule, with the exception of tea being the coffee. It's it's around the same thing. <laughs> I think I think a lot of us are sharing that. Indeed, indeed. Um, uh, how's everything going with you in general? I'm good. I mean, I'm still you know doing a lot of work. I'm trying to reinvent from a theater point of view. We're mm. trying to figure out what we still got and what we what we don't have, um, which is a lot. Indeed. But you know, it's a time of, of reinvention and reflection. I think so. I think that's what that's what we do um, after we get over the initial shock of it all. I'm still kind of in disbelief. I'm like, like does, this, does this really happen? Yeah. How's this happening? I, I, I look outside my window sometimes and I go, all right, no, no, this is a horror movie. I'm watching a horror movie and that's that's all there is to it. Yeah, it's such a terrible loss. I mean, it's, it's really, really disturbing on so many levels. Um, and it's not even like you can go anywhere. Uh, thank you. Yeah, really. Right? I mean, like, you can't even leave, right? It's like, it's like normally if this happened, you'd say, all right, let me get out of New York. I'll go somewhere else for, like, a little while. And I can't even do that. It's the same everywhere. So. I'm, I'm thrilled to take out the trash, so I completely understand. Um, right. Oh, my God. Totally. Now, here, here's, uh, I asked a big question. I have heard every kind of answer from everyone from Playbill to Broadway.com to uh, the, 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 the smallest arts blog. I figured, let's go right to the source. Let's go to a Broadway producer. What's uh? What do you think? What's going on, on 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 the Great White Way, and and uh, and and when do we? When do you think it will open? Well, you know, I think that everybody. Here's the problem. I'm going to bring out my crystal ball, which I don't have. <laughs> um, and the problem is that no matter what we want. We've got these realities to face. Right. And I, I said this from the first week. I did an interview the very first week um, about this. And I think that what I think, what I thought back then is still true. And I watch, you know, Governor Cuomo every day and Mayor de Blasio. And I think that everything that they say supports my thought. And, you know, I don't really talk about this around people who make their living in the arts too much because I think it's just a very depressing thing and their you know, livelihoods are at stake. But I think that the problem is um, if you look at the phases that they've outlined, that the government has outlined for coming back from this, it involves the three phases, and we're not even in phase one yet. And I'm not right. really sure when that will happen. I don't think it'll be until... June, maybe, at the earliest. Um, right. You know, I feel like we're through the end of May, for sure, that we're going to be home. Um, and when phase one happens, it's, what, construction and manufacturing, think places where people can social distance, and things that are crucial to the economy in that respect. And that's not going to be in phase, we're not going to be in phase one for like a week. It'll be a while. Yeah. Um, and we're going to go in phase two, and we're going to start like coming, coming out, maybe going to stores a little bit more, stuff like that. And that's going to be a number of months. And then the final thing that's going to happen is is the theater um, and yeah. big gatherings like that, right? Because, you know, how do you do that? You know, I, I mean, I hope that they come up with a valid way of testing sooner than later. I mean, I know that these things are rolling out. I still don't have any evidence because I haven't gotten a test for anything. Yeah. You know, I'd really love to know if I had it because um, right before we closed down, 
I was I was I had six shows that were going to be opening this spring, and I was around thousands and thousands of people that week before, and I didn't really feel very well that first couple of weeks that I was um, quarantining, and. I don't know if I got it or if it was allergies or if it was depression or whatever it was, but I would love to just know if I had this because it would make me a little bit less anxious about the whole thing. Oh, of course. Of course, there's no valid, you know, way to mass test yet, and that's kind of what we talk about every single night on the news um, with my best friends, Chris Cuomo and <laughs> <laughs> We've gotten very friendly over the last number of weeks. But that said, you know, I just don't know how – you do this responsibly until we have valid testing, and certainly a vaccine hopefully can open things up again a lot more, um, but that's not for, what, 12 to 18 months or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, you know, the other problem, Jake, is you, you have to bring back people's interest in being in large gatherings like that. Like, I know when I leave my apartment with my mask and my glasses, just cover my eyes, and my, you know, sometimes I'll wear gloves. I know, like, just walking around the streets, it's, I, have, I think we all have PTSD as a result of this. Yes, you know, thank there's you. Some, there's some really, like, stupid people out there who don't have masks on, and they don't get the concept of social distancing, and they come toward you, or, you know, as in the supermarket, some woman's child, like, came running at me, and the mother's just standing there with the kind of dumb look on her face. And I'm like, people, I don't want you near me. So, like, the idea of sitting in a theater, once the theater opens, people are going to have to overcome that fear. And that's and I know the Broadway League's hard at work to try to figure out campaigns and all this kind of stuff, but it still involves um, people coming back. And unfortunately, the people who support theater, whether it's commercial and especially not-for-profit theater yep. in New York City, are older, so they're in a high-risk group. So they have to feel safe, and those are the type of people who are going to be told, stay in your house, don't go near anyone. Um, you know, let the younger, healthier people out and take the risk, but they're not going to risk the older people. So that's going to be a hard audience to get back. Um, the idea of going on an airplane, are you really excited about going on an airplane anytime soon? I'm really not. So tourists are a big part of the Broadway community, so that's going to be a hard audience to get back. And, you know, just how do you keep people safe and how do you keep them excited about going? And um, anyway, so I don't want to sound doom and gloom, and I think there's a lot of really smart people on this, but I think we've got a lot of challenges at the same time. And although we're being optimistic about it, I think we have to be realistic and start to pivot into other directions, Um, which is why, you know, I'm really starting to get into the world of virtual um, you know, I think we are going to have to have, you know, equity is trying to figure out some contract right now about different ways to handle that um, because that's something that, you know, the unions and, and theater people were, were usually very against um, anything that was streaming or virtual. And I think that it's become what we're going to have to do to some extent. And I think also people, you know, this, this talk about the PTSD, right? We've also got this whole new mindset where, hey, we're home all the time now, right? I couldn't even tell you. I, 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 it was never a time that I was ever home more than one night in a row. I was, if I was home like <laughs> one night a month, that was a lot. And now I've been home for like six weeks. And it, it's kind of like being in a, in a rehab in a way. It's like you just get yourself isolated and reset and get into new patterns and whatnot. So I think that people are now realizing, oh, you know, this being home thing isn't horrible and everybody's kind of 
saving money because they're not going out and um, <laughs> and going to expensive restaurants and going to theater every single night. So I think I think a lot of habits of people are changing as well throughout this whole oh, this whole process. Um, you know, I think people are using their kitchens and cooking, which they haven't done before, and they're actually maybe maybe enjoying it to some extent. So. You know, there's just a lot of factors here. There's a lot of psychological factors at play. But I do think that we're going to have to do something and work more in a digital format. Um, and at least I, what, what I hope comes of this, when theater does come back, because it, it will, of course, theater's a crucial part, but I think that, that having that medium is beneficial and complementary. I think people have always been very fearful that if you allow streaming or if you allow videos, um, then people are going to not want to come to see theater and live theater. And I don't think that's the truth. I think that we've seen a lot of evidence to the contrary. And, you know, one of the biggest examples I always like is the, the musical Chicago. Um, when they made the film of it, they said, oh, well, Chicago is going to be closed in a, in a week after that happens. Who's going to want to go see the play? But it worked in reverse. And now Chicago has become an international brand. So when people come to New York, they actually want to go see Chicago. You know, I mean, like, you know, I live not that far from there. So when I walk to the subway um, past the theater, there's always touristy looking people just standing in the rush line and going to the box office to get tickets. And they've sort of created this very self-sustaining audience as a result of this. Um, so well, yeah, they, they've seen the movie, now they want to see the play. Absolutely, and I think it's the same with, um, you know, the streaming and, and uh, video in general, because if you see it, it's not the same experience as going to the theater, but yet you're exposing people to a brand of something that they wouldn't have maybe known about before, right? So that's why people come and they're like, they're going to see one show when they're in New York City, so they go and see the Lion King fan of the Opera and Hamilton, you know, or some of those kinds of shows. Right. Most people can't afford to see lots of shows, right? So they're paying all this money, they don't want to make a mistake and see, you know, the thing that just opened up last week that nobody's ever heard of, <laughs> you know, it may be amazing. And now, if, with this new model, I think it brings theater to everybody in a way that it didn't before. So I'm just hopeful that the union can kind of wrap their minds around and, and um, embrace that that concept because I think it actually benefits everybody much more in the long run. And it's and it's something that you know theater has tended to be, especially Broadway, has tended to be very exclusive because it's expensive and it's very New York centric. So we've got a world of people out there who really need to get exposed to this more. And I think that only helps us and our world of theater in the long run. I don't think it hurts us in one way, in, in any any way, shape, or form. Now, now you uh, you made the interesting comment. You said you're now getting into virtual. Uh, I find I find that also a lot of a lot of my businesses now suddenly become independent film as well as every kind of Zoom production that you could possibly have. What are you doing? What's what's where are you setting your sights now? Well, the, the way this came about is because after I you know started coming around and realizing what our new reality was, I said, well, you know, this has got to be what do we do. We don't just say, well, let's not do theater any longer. You know, just oh well, can't do theater. Well, let me go do something else. Mm -hmm. So I had to figure out a way to do that. And of course, you know, I think that this is another amazing thing that's come from this, um, from this pandemic, if you can have an amazing thing that comes from a pandemic. But I think that we're, I'm going to just look at one positive thing. If this occurred, what we're going through right now, 20 years ago, we would be in a, such a horrible, such a much, much worse situation because we wouldn't have the internet of the quality that it is now or even at all. I'm not quite sure if 
day of the invention of the internet, but I'm certain 20 years ago, it was maybe like a dial-up line if it was even possible. Yes, it was. I remember that well. Absolutely. And people wouldn't be able to be working from home to the extent that they are now, if at all. Um, they'd be relying on a telephone instead of, you know, conferencing. They wouldn't be able to see their families. This, this disaster is just such an incredibly isolating situation, right? You don't get to see your friends, you don't get to see your families, your parents, you know, who are maybe older and susceptible. So we're all so isolated, but at least because of these technologies, it brings us together, and people are learning these technologies, and these are becoming things in their lives. I know my family, we do a little um, Zoom thing on, speaking of Zoom, on Friday nights, and my sister and her husband and their kids and my parents, and we're all on this thing. I promise you that, like, eight weeks ago, my parents wouldn't even have known what Zoom was, would have had no interest in going on to Zoom. I didn't know what Zoom was, and now all of a sudden, we're all using this, and all these older people who would never, ever be embracing these technologies or knowing it. So it's really bringing these technologies, um, these conferencing things, and, and just into people's brains as being something that's viable instead of something like, well, that's something I would never know or never do or never watch. So I feel like what we're doing with the virtual and the streaming and the, and the videos and whatnot, that's becoming part of all of our realities a lot more um, as a result of this experience. And I think going forward, if we can do that, that just kind of is another offshoot of our theater experience. So I'm trying to really lean into that. And one of the things that I did earlier this year, I did a show called The Adults in the Room. It was a one-woman show about Nancy Pelosi that we did out in Chicago at the Victory Garden Theater. And we had a really great time out there. I mean, it was a, it did amazingly well. Um, the audiences loved it. It appealed to younger audiences as well as older. Everybody's kind of interested in hearing about Nancy's backstory. Um, and we had a slot for that this summer, 59 to 59, to do it off Broadway. And of course, you know, I've been keeping close touch with them, but I'm sure that it's not going to be happening. I mean, you know, you have to yeah. reopen theaters and well, have to have people coming to them. So I think, I think yeah. the summer might be a little soon for that. So what I want to do instead is film it. And the fun part about the show is it's, it kind of lends itself perfectly to this, just coincidentally, because one, it's a one-woman show, so it's right. easy to um, isolate. And the other part about it is the concept of the show is that it's a live stream on an Instagram chat from Nancy Pelosi's office where she's speaking to a group of young women who want to enter politics. So the fun part is it's really meant to sort of be streamed if you think about it like that. I and mean, clearly there was an audience in the theater. But if you don't have an audience in the theater, then we just do it as, as a streaming thing. That's, so, that's very cinema verite. That's, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> no, right? And it, it kind of worked out very coincidentally because clearly we didn't plan on that. So... Anyway, so I want to film that this summer, the second that it becomes viable, and then get that out there. And there's a, there's a lot of platforms developing. You know, there have been in the past, of course. There's like um, Broadway HD and streaming musicals and a few other ones. But, I, you know, sometimes they were always a little bit um, under the radar, and, sometimes they, and they wouldn't have necessarily the primo shows or anything on there. Mm -hmm. The content was a little bit limited just because people weren't really leaning into this, and the, the contracts um, a lot of times didn't really lend themselves very well to filming theatrical events. Right. So I'm hoping that that opens up. I mean, I don't know that there's a lot of choice there. And, I, and I, again, I do know that Equity is working hard on figuring this all out. I just hope it's sooner than later. But, you know, when they do figure this out, I think it's going to open this door for a lot of people. And I do think it can be a, a great revenue stream for everyone involved. You know, unlike a play or a theater piece, 
if you have something that you can stream, that's, that's, it's like we're talking like a film, right? So you've got something that's permanent and a script is only as good as when, for, as when people are performing it. Um, if you don't have a show running, you're not making any money off of it. So the nice part about this, it becomes a, an asset that you have and you can have pro, uh, proceeds for it for, for everybody. You know, this is, this is not about producers wanting to make a killing on something. This is about everybody benefits. Um, and I think that that's the, the key and it becomes you know once you have the product you don't have to worry about expensive rent and advertising in in new york city for broadway you can you can do that in so many other grassroots ways and get things to go to go viral and people can actually afford to watch it instead of spending two hundred dollars for a ticket for something Now, now you bring up a very interesting thing with that so so let's say someone wants to produce on broadway okay they can't afford it they don't want to do it off broadway uh, and the show is not something they want to do as an indie situation. Do you think that filming a Broadway show and then putting it on a particular station or channel would become like a, a genuine option? You know, I would hope so. I mean, this is, this is, again, it's up to the union, and they've always been very against that, you know, in order to record something. It's, it's an outrageous amount of money. That's why so few shows are are recorded for a commercial reason. Um, you, know, you can certainly do it for PBS and for Lincoln Center Library, but that's more archival and not for profit and one time showing. But I think that that is definitely something that can happen. It just has to be embraced. And I'm hoping, again, no knowledge about this. It's more like me hoping because there's not a lot of other options. And I hope that because our rules have been broken as a result of this terrible experience that we can create some new rules going forward. You know, Broadway is a very, it's very steeped in tradition. There's a lot of um, old guard rules in place regarding Broadway. And I think that this allows people to reinvent those rules if if they're open to that. And I think that, you know, actors want to be working. People want to be working. When that, when that theater, when the theaters all closed down, you know, my actor friends, my designer friends, you know, they were all just like, what am I going to do now? You know, wow. <laughs> their show is just all closed on them. So they want to be working. These people want to be doing things. And I think we have to give people opportunities to work in whatever way we can actually do that. And if this opens up more possibilities to people working more, you know, it's like, and, and I feel my heart goes out to the actors so much because, right, like if, if they were in shows or if they were auditioning and whatnot, now they're not doing that. And what's their other job usually, right? They're like bartenders and waiters and waitresses. Oh, they can't do anything. They can't job. even do the, the surviving like job. all their jobs, right? Yeah. They've like lost all their jobs. So, so I think that the key is, right, these people all want to be working and they all want to be doing their art form. They don't want to go like filing in an office somewhere. They want to be back on a stage or, or just doing their art. And, and I think that this is another opportunity to allow people to do that, even in this really strange time as we start to figure out where we're going to land after all this. Is it's, it's so funny. You, you make me blink at this. You, you're, you're coming up with something that's really amazing because if, if a Broadway producer looks and says, okay, I can't afford to do this the way I want on Broadway, so I'm going to do the Broadway HD of it and then run it, that creates an entire uh, – uh, uh, that enhances – uh, the video industry that enhances uh, different acting classes because now actors not only are going to have to know how to to sing in front of five hundred people, they're going to add simultaneously. They're going to have to know how to act in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. There, there are so many that don't. There's so many that say I'm a theater actor, and so they don't worry about the other end. Uh, uh, you're, you're basically saying, well, we we will now change the way we are trained. 
we will change. Well, a, a technician doesn't necessarily just have to work on backstage. They need to know how to handle a camera, how to handle miking, and things like that. You're, you're opening up a whole industry with this. Yeah, I think it's a whole new world. And I, for, for years, I've always been saying, you know, just based on the technology that's out there for um, cameras and what. I mean, people film movies on, like, their iPhone now, right? Yep. So years ago, you couldn't. A normal person, like a regular person who wasn't in the film industry in Hollywood or something, they wouldn't be able to create a film, right? You'd walk around with a camcorder. But these the technologies have gotten so great and they're so much less expensive than they used to be that people can now do that um and i think that film television and theater are coming closer and closer together they used to be like three islands and now they're just coming closer together and you can see that you know you can just see because television is incredible i mean we're in the golden age of television right now television used to be right if you think about what television originally was like, they didn't know what to do with it, right? Because they were like, oh, we've got this box in the home, so what are we going to do? Well, I guess we can um, do, do things like vaudeville. Like, let's do, like, silly slapstick or whatever. And a lot of the original television was either that or performances, you know, if you're doing a variety show. That's what it was, and film was different. Um, and then all of a sudden, television caught up. And now you've got these incredibly written series. Oh, yeah. They're just brilliant. And I've been watching a lot of them over the last six weeks. <laughs> you know, just brilliant writing. And so now film, television are closer. And, of course, you can have a series on television. And, and But it's film writing quality. And I think the theater is the same, right? Because you can, you can do something theatrical on television. You can... You can do some of those types of things on the stage, and now if we can film it, it brings that other medium. It brings up, it, it, and the thing I like about it the most, really, is I like inclusion. I'm all about like getting other people who don't normally have a chance to do something that ability, and I think that that's what the filming of theater does. I do. There's so many people who have never seen anything on a stage ever in this country, in this world, and it's it's very sad, right? But they've all seen movies. Everybody sees movies and television. And that, why is that? Well, they don't come to New York, and they've never seen anything on a stage, and they don't see it, they don't see theater pieces, so therefore they don't have a taste for it. So I think that that's how we include people and we, we get past this. Um, this is really incredible because you're talking a whole evolution. The because actually that's what the golden age of television in some cases is called. Not only because of the the silly series and vaudevilles, it was also teleplays. Rod Serling and so yeah. many other authors created these amazing plays that were filmed. So so essentially, with our technology, we're going back to that, but in, in quite an evolutionary form that you're talking about. I think that's really incredible. Well, good. I'm glad. I hope I hope everybody else does. I hope everybody embrace that. <laughs> it's it's going to make so many more people work. You know, when you think about off off Broadway, uh, uh, which is where I, I I got to meet you because because you're you're one of the really nice guys who 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 understands theater on all levels. Uh, uh, when you think about when you think about off off Broadway, that resulted because a group of actors, a group of directors, etc., didn't get uh, the work they wanted, needed, had to have whatever in other venues, and they created it. So we're you're talking about creating an entire new venue. How many actors? How many technicians will be working because of this? Wow. And, then, and then you get endless content, right? I mean, if you think about it, it's sort of an equivalent of network television where, you know, we had growing up and not um, up until not that many years ago, there were only a certain number of stations, especially back before cable, right? But even cable, there's still X number of stations that exist. So everybody was having this very shared experience. 
couple things you could watch. I remember that well, yes. And, and now, though, because of Netflix and because of Amazon and Hulu and all these other wonderful streaming services, um, the amount of content that can be served up is endless. So therefore, these studios just can't get the content fast enough. And I feel like we have that same limitation when it comes to theaters, right? How many people want to wait in line for Broadway theaters for years and years and years? And how many people want to wait for off-Broadway theaters, um, which is sometimes a very difficult thing to, to monetize and make profits on just because of the expenses of advertising and, and, um, and all that in New York. So now all of a sudden, if people can start creating their own content and filming it and offering it up on these different platforms, um, it really opens a whole other world for creative people, too, and the, the filmmakers and whatnot. I just did a series over the last couple of years. Um, I was executive producer on a streaming series called Indoor Boys. Right, with, uh, right. West Teller and Alex Wise. And I love that show. And these two guys are so smart. They wrote it. They star in it. They brought, you know, every actor friend that they have. It's just a fabulous cast. And the story is beautiful. It's like touching. It's hilariously funny. And it's these little nuggets. And, it's, and you know, they've got this out there in the world. And they would never have been able to do that otherwise if we didn't have all this technology and these opportunities. And lots of other people are, are doing the same thing. And I really admire that. Um, you know, it's kind of the next step from from theater. Like, they've really been able to branch off and, and pivot a bit, just take advantage of of these new opportunities that we have. You, you, you know, I, I wish the whole world would think like you. So many people, like I said, I've read so many articles, oh, Broadway is not this, and people, and shows will close, and there's calamity, calamity, calamity. No, now is the time to evolve. Now is the time to say, okay, I'm not doing this. How do I do this? That's how indie theater started. That's how indie film started. This is, this is an entirely new avenue where so many people can make money you're talking about. And, yeah. and I really think it's, well, just by the fact that, that you understand that by, by producing series and things like that. Oh, brilliant. Uh, thank you. Jim, thank you. It is always a pleasure to speak to you. Like I said, you, you, you have a clue. You understand every level of theater. You understand what the audience wants and what the actor wants. And, and it's obvious you understand what the future will bring. Thank you so much for, for speaking you, to me today. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for your time. I had, a, I had the best time. And Good. I'm glad. Everybody Yes, indeed. Same to you. Thank you. Ciao. Have a great day. Same to you. Bye.